Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. I don't know if um, some of you are not quite as old as I am, and I grew up in the South in Florida, literally, and consequently, dogs were kept outside. Now, up here, most people keep the dogs inside, but we'd have dogs outside, and sometimes people would put them on a clothesline, so they'd have their chain, and there'd be a line, and they could run a good distance, right? Well, if you walk by and they didn't like you, or another animal came by and they were, you know, wanted to fight or whatever, the dog would run with all of their might and get to the end of the chain as if they didn't know the chain would end and go jerk themselves back like that, right? So as a kid, I would laugh when they did stupid things like that. And you would think, though, that maybe a dog after the fourth or fifth time would figure this out, that they're going to run to the end of the chain and it's going to hurt, if you don't stop, but they don't seem to figure that out. And what I took by that, or what I understood from that, is this strange thing that, that they didn't realize they were bound. It was almost like they didn't figure out they were bound, that there was a chain on them. And, and um, I suspect that you already know that I'm not here to talk about dogs today because uh, you're not a dog. And yet we humans, we still have bondages. And I'm going to let Pastor Amy, my wife, tell you a little bit about her past and how God did what God does. And you know, my family, which I love my family and my family loved me, but my family was just like that. We hadn't heard about a good, good God, but we had chains and we had darknesses in our life and the way that we, we interacted with each other. There was abuse, there was anger, there was violence, uh, there, were, there was addictions uh, in my family. We were, like, we were like those dogs, even though we weren't dogs, like our pastor said. Uh, we were like that. We were, we were being led with chains of darkness into behaviors that caused us great pain and, and great trouble. But then this good, good God who we're hearing about today, this man called Jesus passed by our lives and he changed our lives forever. He set us free from drug addictions. He set us free from alcohol addictions. He set us free from anger problems. He set us free from relationship problems to the point of a healthiness in relationship, to the point that, and it's not just a will do. It's not just a church service where you come and you have an emotional outreach and you think, oh, isn't God good? But he, this man, Jesus, came and touched my life. And I can honestly say that those chains have left me and have set me free. And I can say to you that I've been married to this man. It'll be almost 40 years. Can somebody give God a hand clap? Why do I say that? Because when the man called Jesus passes by your life, 
He changes your life forever. He makes your life better. You come up higher. You come up higher in your relationships. You come up higher with your weaknesses and the things that, that, that chain you and, and pull you in directions that, that cause you pain and suffering and, yes, even poverty. But he comes and he sets you free. And so I just urge you today, I urge you to hear the message. I urge you to give your hearts and your lives to Jesus Christ. I urge you to let the wonder-working power of this good, good news from the Bible, it is good news. It will change your life. It will change the life of your children. It will change the life of your grandchildren. It will change the life of all of those that are around you. So listen and come and let him do a supernatural work in your life like he's done in my life. Hallelujah. So the good news is that Jesus has come to set free those who are captive. That's one of the chief reasons that Jesus came. And think about this for a moment. You have the opportunity, you adults, you parents, you have the opportunity from today to break bondages that are on your life so that they don't enter into the lives of your children. And that's good news. Look at this verse from um, the scriptures. Okay, here we go. We're running that. Uh, so here we go. I'm going to read it for you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. So here's the deal. Jesus is the one who comes. And, it, and if you notice that scripture, what that scripture says if you'll notice what that scripture says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So Jesus is actually speaking in that moment. And he's saying in that moment that you should uh, understand, I have come to set those who are captive free. The blind will see. The oppressed will be set free. Jesus alone can deliver. And I want you to know that that's not pizza. That's not Uber Eats either. But Jesus delivers those who are bound by any number of bondages. Only Jesus can give deliverance to captives. He's the only one capable of doing such things. Um, and, and real liberty comes from him alone. There's the passage of scripture for you at this point. So you can see it. As the son of God, you see, he's the rightful heir. How many of you had parents? Raise your hands. That was a trick question. Everybody should have their hands up. So let's do it this way. Everybody raise your hands. I have been born. Is what you say, right? If you're a child of someone, you're an heir. Anybody ever receive anything good from your parents when they passed on? Any of you? Heirs? One of you? Okay, I got two of you now. Three, four. Did you know you inherited some things that were not so good from your parents?
the Jesus I'm talking to you about today, I need to give this as a testimony. My father was an alcoholic, and uh, he struggled with that till he was my age right now. Thank God he lived another 15 years sober, but I've never struggled with alcoholism. The Jesus I'm telling you about can make it so that you don't have to stay bound. So as the Son of God, he's the rightful heir. Jesus is the rightful heir of all things and therefore has the right to make men free. And of his own free will, he decided to go to the cross. He's the one that made that decision. He wouldn't let anything deter him from that course. Maria, I really need that to not keep happening. Okay, parent number 271. If you would, check your bracelet. Um, Apparently, your child is having an issue. 271, if that's on your bracelet, please go to the foyer and take care of your child. So he wouldn't let anything deter him from that course. We're going to have to do something different in the future if that's going to be what happens because I can't stay out of, out of the loop. Either we do it this thing or we do that thing. In exchange for our sin and guilt, he gave his righteous perfection. Um, I want you to know this about Jesus. I've got to move along in my slides to get to the next one. So here we go. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to understand something about the work of Jesus Christ. He gave us a free gift of life, eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And what he did, he did the work on our behalf. Aren't you glad when somebody does work for you? Come on, somebody, say amen. Sure you are. You're glad when somebody comes along and gives a hand, and especially if it's something particularly difficult that they come and take care of. In order to provide for your freedom and my freedom, it costs Jesus everything. He gave his life so that we could have freedom. He paid the price by giving his life on the cross. He makes you free, but it was by his own bounds. He was willing. Some of you know the Bible. You know this about the guy named Judas. He's the guy that betrayed Jesus. And you, you might remember that he was sitting at a table that night and he said to Judas, go and do what you must do. Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. Jesus knew that he was actually going to be taken into bonds. He did that for you. He took those bonds so that you wouldn't have to live your life in them. You walk away free because he walked the path for you. He went ahead of you. He prepared a way for you. You can enjoy the real liberty because he suffered for you. You don't have to suffer the penalty of death. And what he does is he gives you his righteousness. Now, it cost him everything, but he freely gives everything to you. Look at it again. For the wages of sin is death. In other words, what you earn from sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So he gives his life in place of yours. 
Jesus asks, by the way, nothing of us as preparation for this liberty. You like and enjoy your freedom, don't you? I sure do. I'm only taking off my jacket because it's rubbing the microphone. You may not know that, but I do. And so Jesus takes nothing in preparation for this liberty. He seeks us in our lost state. Do you know he was looking for you? Do you know that Jesus knew you would be sitting here right now? That's why he went to the cross. Look at your neighbor right now. Now, look, we, I need to say this because some of you aren't familiar with it. You're in a Pentecostal church today. I tell people to talk to one another. So look at your neighbor right now and say, Jesus knows you're here. And I don't want none of you Spanish folks saying, and your name is Jesus. He seeks us in our lost state and invites us to put on his beautiful array of freedom. Look at this verse from Romans 5, 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He had you in mind. He had this day in mind. It's no mistake that you are here today. God knew you would be here in this moment. I know that may sound amazing to you, but he's all-knowing, so he knew this day would arrive. He knew you would be sitting in these pews on this afternoon of December 8, 2019. He saves us just as we are and all without our help or merit. You know you can't earn this. It's the free gift of God. You can't earn it. You can't do something to work this up. It's a free gift from God. Have you ever had one of your children, you parents, you'll, this, and some of you that are, in, are still, you'll remember doing this yourself, but you ever had one of your children come up to you unannounced and just be really kind to you? Like, Dad, Dad, that, that sermon was awesome today. My kid was nine years old. He didn't know, he didn't even know what I was saying. He didn't think, he wasn't paying attention to my message, but he was trying to get something, wasn't he? And you're familiar with that, right? You know how people are, especially your own children. You know, when they come out, they're all nice to you. Hey, yeah. You know, mom, I was thinking about you today. I picked this flower for you today, mom. I saw it in the yard and it made me think of your beautiful smile. Here, mother. What's your second thought? What do you want? You can't earn this free gift from God. He did this before you were even born so that you could have eternal life, so that you could be free from all bondages and the costs of sin. He did this on your behalf. When you're saved and set free, it's permanent. Let me explain this to you. He doesn't just forgive you of your sin and free you from your bondage for one moment. It's not like he just does this and okay, that's it. He, he does it so that it's, 
It's for your entire life. It'll take you into eternity. He gives the power to walk this out is what I'm telling you. He gives you the ability to do this. When Pastor Amy shared with you her testimony, she just gave you a brief glimpse into what life was before Jesus entered into her life. She was destined for something different according to the way her family raised her and her friends were. She hung out with people just like you do. Now, I got saved. I was a little bit younger than she was, and so I didn't get into much trouble. I was eight years old when I gave my heart to Jesus, so I didn't, you know, wasn't a whole lot you do in life before eight. You know, I didn't become a dog murderer or something like that. So, so I, but she, she, God brought her out of that is what I'm trying to help you understand and know. So, do you know the devil can only rob you if you let him? I say that because I want you to know when you invite Christ into your hot life as your Savior and Lord, you now have the power to resist the devil. I say that based on the Word of God. Look at this scripture right here. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Did you hear what it said? It didn't say that God will just gently woo him out or push him aside. You have the ability to resist the devil. When Jesus comes to take residence in your life, he's a big, powerful God. And when you choose to humble yourself, that is, yield your life to him, he now takes that and says, all right, I'll do what I have to do to keep you in this walk. You're not on your own anymore. You have Jesus working on your behalf. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, watch out, I got Jesus with me. And if your child is named Jesus or your husband, not the same thing. You know, the good news is that, how many of you are... Old enough to remember Flip Wilson. Lift it. Come on, I'm going to date you right now. Yeah, here we go. Y'all remember what he used to say? The devil made me do it. What was that? Geraldine? Is that her name? His, her name? So he would, he would do that saying that the devil made me do it, but you can, with the power of God, resist the devil, and he has to flee. Not on your own. And I love this passage from Psalm 27. Look at this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble when evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me? They will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. You're not on your own. 
when Jesus comes, takes residence in your heart and life. Folks, y'all are going to have to excuse me a moment. I've got to do something in obedience to Holy Spirit. I thought it was only for the early service, but it's not. If you have a problem related to your kidneys, I want you to stand right where you're at. Stand up. Okay. Right. Just stand up. Can, I, I can see her. They, we can, I know where it is. Are you able to move out to a, it doesn't matter which direction you go, would you get to a pew or the outside of your pew? I want my elders, Pastor Amy, Pastor Mackay. Are you standing because, okay. So I want everybody that's standing, if you would get to a, outside of a pew, I'm going to have somebody lay their hands on them. Minister Nick, Al Alma. Yeah, you can lay hands on this lady in the wheelchair. All right, the rest of y'all think this is really weird. It's okay. We just believe in the power of God to do what he does. And so the rest of you can, you can watch or you can pray. I'd prefer you pray. My people, you got your hands on these folks right now. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for the power to break every bondage. You also can heal those who are sick. You actually told us to do what we're right now doing, to get the elders of the church to lay hands on those who are sick and anoint them and they would be healed in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now from one side to the other side, right down the middle, Lord Jesus, by your power and anointing, you touch those who have kidney issues. I'm asking you, Father, to bring healing to their bodies and set them free from this bondage that is physical in nature. You are our healer. It's one of the things you told us, even in Luke, that I read earlier that you came to heal those who were sick. So I thank you for bringing your healing to these men and women and these young people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. So even if a mighty army surrounds you, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. That is to say, I can trust God no matter what I'm facing. Anybody out there facing any difficult circumstances in your life? You can lift your hand up. It's all right. You're in the right place today because I'm telling you the deliverer has come. But you play a part in this battle. The world with its temptations may seek to ensnare us, sets a trap for us, but mightier is he who is for us than all who may be against us. You give your life to Jesus, you start walking with Jesus, and he'll make it so that it's his business to keep you in his care. That doesn't mean you won't have attacks. It just means that you have somebody with you during that battle. 
Our own heart attractions may try to destroy us. Any of you have things in your life where your heart is drawn toward stuff that's, toward stuff that's destructive? Alcohol, drugs, immorality. Some of those things enter into your lives. They're presented as being the great life. That's what Pastor Amy was talking about. That's what her family led down that road. It was just, hey, go out and party, drink, smoke, uh, pot, do the, these fun things. It's awesome. That's what they taught her. But she found Jesus, and Jesus, Jesus set her path on a different way. You walk this walk with Jesus. You start. You give him one opportunity, and he'll help you walk the rest. Fact is, the scripture says in Philippians 1, 6, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is fi finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Yes, you play a part, but you're not on your own. Look at what this scripture says. I want you to catch this today. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. read the rest of it who then will condemn us no one for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the right place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us aren't you glad you got Jesus looking out for you I told you earlier to tell your neighbor Jesus is watching he's watching me he's watching over me he's taking care of me I want to bring this thing to a close for you today God is calling out to you today. This is your right now moment with God. Do it again for me. Say, this is a right now moment. I want you to recognize it. It's a right now moment with you and God. He put this church right here on the corner of Eaton and Primrose, and he knew this day would arrive. This didn't catch God by surprise. I tell my people regularly here at the church, I say this, there's something that God never says. I can tell you something God has never said. I never saw that coming. It doesn't happen with God. Because He knows everything. He knows everything about you, and He was thinking of you when He went to the cross. He was thinking of you. Tell your neighbor right now, Jesus is thinking of you. Even in your filth, even in your mess, even in your sin, you've run all of that that you've run in, and by a deliberate act, planned a way of escape for you from the penalty for your sin. That's what Jesus did on your behalf. He was thinking about you when he went to the cross. He endured the pain of the cross thinking of you. You're saying, well, he just, that, you know, he was thinking about only the people that were around him. He was thinking about the Jewish people. No. 
He said, I have come to seek and to save all who are lost. I wish that none should perish, but all would come to repentance. Those are words Jesus said. So today is the day. This is the moment you must choose God's gift for you. It also happens to be the moment you must choose between heaven and hell. That has to happen today. There's no in-between heaven and hell. And you don't get heaven because you're a good person. You can't be good enough. You'd have to be perfectly holy. You can't do that. But you can exchange your sin for the righteousness of Jesus or right standing you can have with God because of the work of Jesus. I want you to see this on the overhead, this next portion, because I want you to know that as you sit here today, you fit in one of two categories. I don't want there to be no mistake on this. The first category is you're saved, born again, and have accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You continue to live for Him and you walk with Him. And there, you therefore are destined for heaven. If you fit in that category, you've, you've given your life to Jesus, you're walking with Christ, you continue to walk with Jesus, and if that's your case, then you're good and you're destined for heaven. But if you're not in that category, you fit in one more category. You're not saved. Have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or perhaps you did it sometime in the past, but have not maintained your relationship with God. You know you have to maintain relationships to keep them good. kind of relationship do you think I would have with Pastor Amy who just told you that next August we'll be married 40 years if we didn't talk if we didn't interact with one another not just intimacy but in general we wouldn't have a relationship so if you're not saved or have not accepted Christ or perhaps you did at some point but it's been a long time. And, and your relationship with God is questionable at best. And look, if, you've, if you once went to church, but if it's been more than three months since you've been in church, your soul's in jeopardy. And I know you're thinking right now, who are you to say that my soul is in jeopardy? Listen, if again, if I had to maintain a relationship with her, but it's been three months since I talked to her, what kind of relationship do I have? That's not a marriage. And, and so maybe you're telling yourself, even as you're sitting there saying, well, that church is messed up. I am tired of those. Those people are, they just, they're not good people. Or you had a run-in with somebody that was trying to live for Jesus but not doing a very good job of it. Don't use that as an excuse 
Because in the end, if that lands you in hell, what matters is it? You're the only one that can answer for you. Really. It's not based on how good your mom or your dad is or was. It's not based on how bad someone is. No, it's, it's all on you. You're the one that makes that determination. And so here's what I want you to catch as my last statement that's the most important statement on this day today. If there is a question mark where there should be an exclamation point, you need to change that today. Here's what I mean by that. If there's any question in your head whether or not if Jesus were to rapture this church, if he were to come for his people today, if there's any question, you wouldn't go with him. Listen, I know this is morbid and you probably don't appreciate this a whole lot, but do you realize the flowers could be in bloom right now that may dawn your very grave? And if there's any doubt that you're going to make it into heaven, why don't you erase that doubt today? If there's a question mark where there should be an exclamation point, the cross stands as a mighty exclamation point to say you will spend eternity in heaven with him. But you have to accept the work he did on your behalf because your sin has destined you for hell. And trust me, there's no in-between. There's no in-between. And I don't, I don't want to make that sound bad or put down any other religious thought or mindset. But listen, if there's a doubt, wouldn't you rather erase it than take the chance on missing eternity? It's foolishness to think otherwise. Why not simply ask Jesus to come into your heart and your life and erase the question mark with a big old exclamation point? Would you stand to your feet with me, please? Alex, go over and tell Ronnie she's got about 15 minutes. Here's the deal. If you want to erase that, ex that uh, question mark, there's any doubt in your mind as to whether or not you would spend eternity in heaven, I'm going to ask you to make, some, make a bold statement today. I want you to get out of your pew and come down to this altar and let us pray with you. Let's do it today. Let's get it right with God. If there's any question, eyes don't have to be closed, heads don't have to be bowed. Come on. You want to erase the question mark. Why don't you join the 30 or so people who came earlier this morning and asked Jesus to come into their heart? Come on, who's going to be the first one? Be bold enough to get out of that seat and say, I want to erase the question mark. Come on. Come on, let's erase the question mark. We still got time. Got lots of room. Come on, let's erase that question mark. I'm not asking you to join our church. 
I'm asking you to get things right with Jesus. I'd love for you to continue to come to our church, but I want to make sure you and Jesus have it right and you erase that question mark today. I want to help you all that have come forward and I, I say God bless you I commend you thank you so much for what really is the best decision you can ever make the day you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior it's the best decision you could ever make and so pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus thank you for the cross thank you for shedding your blood Thank you for giving your life. I ask you right now to forgive me for my sins. Wipe them all away. I also want to thank you, Lord, that the grave couldn't contain you. Death could not hold you. And because you burst out of that grave, Proving your power over death, you now give me life and life eternal. So right now, Lord, I commit my life to you and ask you to come into my heart. I'm yours. Amen. God bless you. Stay, stay right here for a minute. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.